When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Borgay and Espo. And a very special guest, award-winning writer covering the Phoenix Suns for AZ Central, Mr. Dwayne Rankin. Dwayne, thank wow. you for coming by. Wow, thank you. Thank you for the intro. <laughs> wow. Don't worry, she makes us call her Emmy Award-winning Lindsay Smith. <laughs> she so. is Emmy Award-winning Lindsay uh, It's Smith. factually true. Right? So, there you go. I, I'm just making sure everyone knows <laughs> who everyone is around here. That's beautiful. That's all. We love know? it. We love it. We're for it. Let's do it. Let's do it's, it. It's not quite the intro he's used to getting from Mr. DeAndre Ayton, but th- we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Please, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Dwayne, how have you been? We're really, we're really thankful that you were able to come make it down to our new studios. This is the DT set. This is sweet. Uh, goats only allowed. So I know that's not welcome true. in. Welcome in. That means I'm that, means, that, that means that means that's definitely not true. If I'm sitting at this table. <laughs> nah, this is cool. This is a nice setup. I like this. Thanks. Yeah, so yeah. we wanted to bring you on today. One, just to get your thoughts overall on how the Suns are doing, but two, because you wrote some really interesting articles over at AZ Central that has the Suns community chattering quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And of course, the one I'm talking about more specifically is the conversation you had with James Jones. Okay. This is the first time we heard from James Jones in quite a while. Right. And you were able to get the scoop and all the inside information. So give us all the tea, Dwayne. You got to give us all the tea. (laughs) I don't know how much inside it was. But uh, no, basically, he kind of, you know, we touched on obviously a lot, but obviously everyone knows about Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Why didn't that happen? And I think Two of the biggest things he said was, you know, when he said it was nothing to it, I'm like, no, no, no we, <laughs> I, I need more than that because that's just not going to, that, that isn't enough right. for the people that want to know. And he basically said that the Nets didn't want to give him up. And it was like no in-depth conversation, no real full conversation. So that leads me to thinking that the Nets really weren't, Correction. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to trade Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the Suns would have had to thrown out. Obviously, Devin couldn't be part of that because of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So that's the piece that you if that would have happened, then the deal would have went down, could have went down. But then when you, when you just and when you give Devin the Supermax, you know, he's not going nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then what, what else do you have to talk about? You know, unless you're doing a three team, which would have involved Aiden. And, you know, and then obviously when that deal, when he got when they matched the offer sheet. Mm-hmm. That scratched that. So now we're like, well, this the odds are against <laughs> this happening. Right. And so I think it, the main thing when he was saying how a team must be willing to trade a player and they weren't willing to trade a player. So it's almost like James was saying, well, we talked. And then he came to that realization and said, OK, it's time to move on and do something else. Yeah, I mean, it, and it makes sense when all the rumors we heard were 
outlandish amount of picks and and top tier players to get Kevin Durant. It never really felt like they wanted to engage on anybody. Right. It just well, well, I mean, they wanted to engage. They wanted somebody to give the house up. <laughs> right. <That's true. laughs> and and, and Suns weren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. So then it became. Uh, I find it interesting the way he discusses discusses the whole thing and it wasn't like he was animated it wasn't like he was upset which he never is right, right. i mean he's usually at least laid back guy but i just i never sensed that he was irritated by it mm-hmm. he just felt like hey you know it didn't go down and, and now we got to do now the sun's got to do something else right because that that was the most interesting thing to me when the kevin durant stuff came up in the article was his first response was why is kevin durant not here or whatever and he was like because brooklyn wants to keep him right. <laughs> it was very much like because these guys were being you know some type of way about it though right right and again he, he's he's i think you you're happy with obviously he's happy with the team that he has mm-hmm. and we know that if kevin durant was here that they would have to part I, I mean, they would have to part with some major pieces right but that that thought of him being here you know led to the interest of, of readers and fans like hey what would that look like mm-hmm. you know kevin and devin and chris mm-hmm. but then you know that some other pieces that's on the scene right. <laughs> weren't going to be with them. So I think it caught fans in a, in a pickle. You mm-hmm. know, they wanted, you know, like a Mikhail, like a Cam Johnson to be here, but then like, oh, get Kevin Durant. Right. So like, like, <laughs> do this. like, yeah, how do you balance that? Right, right, right. Well, right. And then the other side of it, too, is that, like, I'm sure KD wanted to play beside Book, but when you look at the Suns as a whole, it's not just Book, right? There's so many other pieces that make the Suns what they are. And half those pieces got to leave if Kevin Durant comes in. Does it feel the same then at that point? Right, right. No, no. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, they're in championship mode. Mm-hmm. And the idea of Kevin Durant playing for you, you're thinking you're going to win a championship mm-hmm. with Kevin Durant. Yeah. But uh, that's not to say you can't win one without him. Because uh, the Golden State just did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and James brings that up in the, in the Q&A with you. You, you talk to him about what he thinks about it, he seems to believe this is a championship team, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing about it is, is that to me, when I even look at that, it's more of the Suns are who they are because they got the same team basically back. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that you're thinking is, okay, Aiden, maybe Aiden's more involved in the offense. Maybe Chris is taking less shots. Maybe Chris is playing less throughout the season. Maybe campaign is playing more. You know, you can see those type of things happening. But then I, I look at the rest of the West and go, who's better? Who's going to be better? To me, that may dictate more of anything than what the Suns. I mean, Suns are going to be who they are. But how are these other teams going to fare out may determine where the Suns end up. Okay, I have a question. Because mm. based on what James said here, right, it, it seems like the, the Nets were not a realistic trade partner this summer with anybody, realistically, right? Right, that's the way so it then, comes off. Then why does it feel like we were waiting around for months hoping that a KD trait would materialize if behind the scenes it didn't feel like they were legitimately going to move KD? Why didn't we do other moves on that didn't involve Kevin Durant that makes this team better? What do you guys think? Good. Well, I mean, I from my perspective, and because we know what James Jones is gonna say publicly, like obviously I, I think maybe we're reading into it a little bit, but the way that he seemed kind of annoyed by the way Brooklyn went about business with Kevin Durant, it does seem like discussions were maybe a little bit deeper than he's willing to let on publicly. Um, That's just my own speculation because otherwise they still had a mid-level that they could have given out in free agency. 
a lot of guys that could have helped them as far as a third point guard or even a campaign upgrade in that backup point guard spot went off the board for a price that the Suns could have matched. I do think that they were, and rightfully so, kind of putting all their eggs in the Kevin Durant basket. And when that fell through, a lot of the free agents that we had talked about for MLE, like salary, were already off the board. So at that point, I think he was content with running it back, making a couple of minor additions and maintaining that flexibility so we can revisit this come trade deadline time. I I think what you bring up there is what it is. Big game hunting is what they were looking for. I don't Mm. think James Jones felt that this team would get significantly better by adding somebody with the MLE Mm -hmm. because he believes in the group that they have. But if he gets the opportunity to add another, you know, all-star or guy right below that level, he wants that flexibility to do that because then he knows that takes you over the top undoubtedly. So it never felt like they really had much interest in trying to get that, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth guy on the roster. They figured fill the back half with guys that can actually hopefully not only help you on the court, but help you in practice and force guys to work a little bit harder there. But I ne- it never felt like anything other than going after a big name was on the docket this it, summer. It's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Right. <laughs> That's it. It's yeah. Kevin Durant. So if you got to wait to the midnight hour to see if you can make that happen, you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, when 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 they when the Devin Supermax hit, and he, they signed it. I said, I, it's going to be hard to make this deal because yeah. Ben Simmons is sitting there, not going to move. I was waiting for somebody to start saying they're moving Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Had that happened, then. Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> but once Devin signed that, it was like, he's not going nowhere. I didn't think he was going anywhere anyway. But then that's, that's the only player that's comparable to trade for that Brooklyn would be like, yeah, we want him. Right. So, And at that point, for the Suns, it'd be kind of a non-starter because right. the whole purpose of trading for Kevin... Obviously, Kevin Durant is in a totally different tier than Book, but the idea for trading for Kevin Durant is to put them together, not send him right, to the Right, 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 which is why this was, which was a part of right. why <laughs> Kevin Durant wanted to be here in the first place. Right. Well, it, it felt like the second the Nets said through back channels, we don't want DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. that that was really the point where you knew... This is going to be tough sailing regardless because you're going to have to find a third or fourth team right. to facilitate anything. And then once you had to match Indies, it felt like it was over at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, Made for a great summer, though. Yeah, <laughs> hey, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You did, really. All right. So as Espo mentioned in your article, James did say, yes, he believes this is a championship caliber team. But then he also followed up with your follow-up question saying that they're always in evaluation mode. Right. And that he kind of thinks this will probably be the team that we'll see come training camp. Right. Based on his body language and all the things that you were picking up behind the scenes while you were talking with him. Do you feel like this is the team we're going to start this season with? Or is there a potential that a trade might still come down the line? I just can't see it, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. Because mm-hmm. he, he he is always looking. Like, he literally is always looking. Like, it's, it's like that's what, every time I've talked with him, whether it's, you know, on, off, whatever, it's always I'm looking to mm-hmm. help the team. I'm looking to benefit it. I'm looking to better the team. So, but, I mean, you're two weeks out. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do this now, I mean, what, what exact, I, I just don't, 
And the fact that he said that they were in discussions with Cam Johnson, mm -hmm. that tells me that they're not moving him. Mm -hmm. You're not moving Mikael. Right. So. Who are you moving? Who are you moving? <laughs> yeah. You're not moving Chris. You can't move DA. Mm -hmm. Definitely not moving Devin. Mm -hmm. Who are you moving? I mean, campaign shooting jump shots with Devin Booker. I mean, that might be. Yeah. Damn, like I'm sticking with the guy, you know. <laughs> you ain't gonna move me. Yeah. Sticking with, sticking with Dev. We gonna take these. We gonna go get our workout on together. <laughs> I was just saying. Yeah. I mean, it, there is one name that it feels like it could be, and you did talk to uh, talk to James about it, and Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder. making mm -hmm. a little noise on social. But I found James's response interesting to that saying it's just kind of noise. What how did how did you read into that? Because to me, it's a little bit more than noise, but I don't know, I'm not the GM, so. I mean, I, I don't try to read too much into that. I, I guess what I was trying to get at with him was, does this affect how you perform, how you do your job when mm -hmm. that's out there? Like, what do you do? Do you react? Do you make calls? Do you what? And then the fact that he's saying it's noise, almost like, okay, Jay's venting. Yeah. And then once Jay and I sit, and discuss stuff, then we get back to normalcy. Like right. Jay, whatever the issue is, and Joe, we both been around Jay a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of Jay is mental. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of him is mental. <laughs> uh, not to the degree, you know. Not Kelly was me is mental too. Yeah, uh, but Jay is mental. A lot of the stuff is, you know, him in his head, feeling good about himself, feeling good about how he plays, feeling good. And and if you just if you're looking at a Cam Johnson, who if they're talking about a rookie extension, you're thinking you're going to start Cam Johnson. If you're going to start Cam Johnson, that means you're not going to start Jay Crowd. Mm -hmm. So maybe Jay's reading into that. I don't know. But I'm just saying that a lot of him is mental. And mm -hmm. I think that sometimes he needs to, to do that for himself. Sometimes it's motivation. I remember I wrote a story about who should start Cam or Jay Crowder last year. He liked it mm -hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, Like he's... <laughs> He's, 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 he's was it yeah. was it a I genuinely like this or no, was no, it I mean, an angry he, he the like yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, I see what you're saying. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, he didn't he didn't like say anything. <laughs> right. But he liked it. And yeah. I was like, oh okay, man. his way of letting <laughs> yeah. you know he's right, watching. Right, watch it. That's what I mean. Yep. He's mad. <laughs> I hear you, Dwayne. Yep, he's <laughs> what he is, he's mad. Just let you know he's just just let just me keep know keeping tabs on who's saying the, he who should be starting. Well, see, at least with yours, that's like maybe a potentially positive thing. That happened to me with Tyler Ulis, and it was a tweet that I had sent about like Tyler Ulis needs to go back to being the player he was at the start of the season, oh. and he liked it. And I was like, oh man, it's going to be an uncomfortable locker room I, now. I got <laughs> called out by Alan Williams once in the locker room for a tweet that was sent that same night. So yes, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't too bad. He was joking with me, but yeah, right. it happens. They see the stuff. Oh, yeah, totally, sure. right. yeah. <laughs> we would be completely lying to ourselves if we didn't think that players search their names or know <laughs> who's talking about them within their markets and right. keeps tabs on it like no we got to be crazy <laughs> if we're thinking that no doubt. um so do you think that they had a conversation and it's good now because those jay like subliminal messages via social media went on for quite a few weeks it wasn't like a one and done type of thing it was at least right. three different instances right i i, I, I don't know personally but i, I gotta think that Somebody talked to, to Jay and then they got back to James and then they whatever. Because he said he said we're good. Mm -hmm. So to me, that says somebody some something was said either 
third party or whatever, but they had this talk and then, you know, now if, if we see a move made, then that's right. worth it. <laughs> yeah. But I just don't see that happening. So obviously I, I would assume at this point, two weeks left that they're good. But I would find feel, out soon. I, I would guess so. I mean, it, it did, the whole quote kind of did come off as like, once the ball goes up in the air, we'll be fine kind of thing. Um, and we both know Jay well that, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but right. he is—he has always been a professional. So I think it's either they buried the hatchet or they've been like, "Look, we're we're looking for moves. We'll get we're you somewhere." Yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I I feel like James could call up and go. Either way, whether you start, whether you're on the you're, bench, you're, you're making ten million dollars right. this year. So enjoy that part of it at least. With right. a team that has a potential to win a championship, mm -hmm. like you, you right. could be in worse situations. That's, that's true. For sure. But we I, do. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say the two obviously huge dates is January fifteenth, mm -hmm. and then the trade deadline. Yep. Because we're you know all this stuff that we're talking about now, that the team stays the same. Mm -hmm. It's going to still be there. Right. Come that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So where are they? I remember last year they were talking, oh, they should make a move. I'm like, how you going to make a move when you 50 or 40, whatever they were at that mm -hmm. time? How you going How you yeah. going to do it? It don't look right. Right. So if they're struggling or not where they think they should be, then maybe he pulls the trigger. Well, mm -hmm. and that, that's the thing. If the Nets come out of the gates and struggle too, everything we went through this summer is going to be rehashed because <laughs> right. you're going to hear all the, all the noise again because the assumption is going to be, KD's not going to want to be there if you're losing. So then it all starts all over again. Mm -hmm. And I do want to talk more about this. But first, we do have a super chat from Psycho Blue. Psycho Blue, thank you for your super chat. They said, Suns winning a title with no changes? Question mark. Basketball Cthulhu <laughs> needs to see a little bit more before he rushes to escape the seal. <laughs> so my question is, if this is the team, right, this, this group right now, if right, this is the right, team right. come opening night, how comfortable should fans feel about putting their money on the Suns on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? I'm going there. Well, let Espo, me, that's you. I, I'm, pull, I'm looking here. <laughs> I want to see odds. where the odds are right now because okay. I don't want to give you. I don't want to give you bad advice. All right. I would guess uh, they're probably fifth or sixth. Best. I mean, I, to be fair, even when I find the odds, I'll probably give you bad advice. But yeah, I don't want to do it on purpose. Of course, I can't find it at the moment. Uh, so we're looking here, NBA odds. We're going to look at championship odds here. And we are seeing the Suns as of right now are sitting at a plus 1,200 oh, wow. to win the title, where they were at like plus 300 earlier mm. in the summer. I say you take a flyer right now because if they get off to a hot start, you're just going to see that uh, see that shrink there. And this team won 64 last year. Mm. They're bringing back – Pretty much everything but JaVale McGee on that. You know, I like this team. I liked them last year. I, one bad game changed the whole perspective and perception on this group. So, what, who, who's ahead of them? Just out of curiosity. So, the Celtics, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Nets, the Bucks are all ahead of them. The Nets, huh? Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's banking on you know everything. Kevin and Kyrie on. making it happen. That's yeah. banking on a lot from Ben Simmons and some of the other. I mean, I guess Joe Harris helps if he's back healthy, but I don't. I I don't, I don't buy the Clippers be, having the same odds as the Warriors to win the title right now. We haven't seen anything from the Clippers in 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 a year and a half. We've not seen Kawhi and Paul George together yeah. on that team. If Kawhi is healthy. And Paul George, it is a big if. It is but a big if. When we did see him, 
they're, they're that's a monster team. Yes, because they have depth. They like, did see them. They've got better depth than I think the Suns have. We're making had Utah last look year. bad. Yeah, when we Real did bad. see him, Devin Booker made him look bad in the bubble. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> You know what I think? Okay. I think I would rather I would rather put my money on the Suns than I would the Cardinals right now. Because well, yesterday, yeah. wow. you're like that, huh? Yep. Salt in the wound. PHNX Cardinals, but. <laughs> the read is, is football related, and I just had to bring yeah, it back somehow gotta, gotta because we all know the first week of the NFL season is here. A lot of us would like to forget that and move on to week two pretty quickly, but yeah. the DraftKings Sportsbook app is hooking our fans up right now, and new customers can bet $5 on anything to get $200 in free bets instantly, and as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Just go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX and bet on an NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Just a reminder, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I do like that the Nuggets are plus 1,900 and the Suns are plus 1,200. We got a little bragging rights there. Sorry, Denver. But they've got Jamal Murray again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hey, Suns killer. Jamal Murray. The Suns killer. The Suns killer. Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. But I, I did like that Kyler Murray post game yesterday. That was beautiful. Oh yeah. I need more of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That injected in me for real. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, I'll take Kyler Murray yeah. over uh, mm-hmm. any other Murray NBA yeah. or okay. NFL. That, that's our Murray. We'll, we'll claim that one. There it sure. is. Um, Dwayne, do you like these chairs? They're a little comfy. They're, 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 they're a little comfy. They're not yeah. too bad. They're, they're not too bad. A little plushy. Little huge comfy. upgrade from whenever, our last whenever, chairs. Whenever you put your thumb in something and you get a little mark, that's just You could literally <laughs> write your name on it. That's right. And leave, <laughs> literally leave your mark on that's these right. chairs. These, I like these, that Dwayne has a whole theory on what makes a good chair. Oh, that is it. If you don't have that, then you're sitting on plastic slip covers, which I used to do <laughs> Okay. back at the crib over grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. all about the plastic slip covers. I did too. All my Italian family did the same thing. You're but these chairs, no, no plastic. No plastic. You got the nice, nice, smooth. That's right. All courtesy of our friends over at More Furniture. And if you guys are in the market for some furniture, you can check them out good. at morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. Okay. I want to kind of go back because we were talking about the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying maybe the reason why the Suns haven't made a little bit of a sidebar move is because they're holding out setting themselves up to still be very flexible come right. trade deadline and maybe DA is still potentially going to get moved just from all the things you've heard over the last off season and things around the league from your contacts. How are you feeling about the way this team might look after the trade or right? Yeah. Right after the trade deadline. I think the, I think if well, just specific on Deandre, mm-hmm. if James Jones is going to hold to that word of, we're going to make him better. We're working on these secondhand things, and he's going to be able to do this. You know, we've been hearing the dribble for three years. Right. Off the dribble. We've <laughs> been hearing that. <laughs> we haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but we've been hearing it. And we've been hearing uh, – I mean, he did pick and pop last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been hearing everything that he described for at least two years, if not three years. If they actually do that, and if he actually performs – at that level, being able to do that along with what he already brings to the table, mm-hmm. he's going to be make have some huge numbers, and that makes him very tradable. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. So it makes him very tradable. So if they start, 
highlighting him early in the offense. You you thinking that showcasing more than oh we believe? Oh no, you're trying to win. Mm-hmm. You still trying. You trying to win. I'm not. What I'm saying is, if he comes out the gate and plays well, first <laughs> two three months, that makes him very tradable. That you makes know. him very desirable. Yeah, maybe you do want this guy, Brooklyn. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 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 like look, you know, not well, anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I'm just saying that if he performs at a high level, I mean, like all-star level and that talk is out there mm-hmm. you know where he's Aiden's, Aiden's right there with right behind Jokic and Embiid and he's right there and he's the uh, team is watching mm-hmm. teams are watching like if we had him and we're willing to give you this for him because the truth is I mean the Suns the way they play is pick and roll mm-hmm. I mean we saw with Biombo as great a talent as DeAndre is Maybe winning with Bismarck Biombo. Right. <laughs> and JaVale McGee. And Jalen Smith starting and, a couple right. games. They too. were winning with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So So what I'm hearing is Jacques Landell is gonna have so, a big season. <laughs> My boy. We can only you must so. be hearing that up here in your head. <laughs> That's true. It, There's it, lots I'm, of voices. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see that. Because mm-hmm. he played well against Phoenix. He yeah. didn't put mm-hmm. up like these huge numbers, but he competed and he he plays hard. He runs the floor like everything he just talks about, he does that, but I'm curious to see how this works. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is Sarich the the backup? The backup. Mm-hmm. You know, is Biombo just watching? But then, if you need energy, do you put Biombo in? Right. I'm curious to see how I'm curious to see how Monty works all this. Do you feel the system's geared towards good center play based just on the pick and roll? Is what yeah, saying. but but Aiden doesn't have to do pick and roll to score. Mm-hmm. And that's what the and that's why when he said handling the ball, that's not pick and roll. No, yeah. that's. Dudes in front of you, go get him. That's that's what we saw in the Pelican series when Devin Booker missed those three or four games. We saw a lot more DA facing up and actually putting the ball down. And like you've been saying, we've been waiting to see that for a long time. Right. We've been talking about it, and there are times where he gets the ball and he just kind of swings it to the side, and you look and he's got one guy in front of him and the rim, and it's like if he has dependable moves, even if it's just a one-two dribble and go up or spin or something, like that's that's progress. That's the next step for him. Um, but I, I keep going back to what James Jones told us during exit interviews when he was talking about I look around at these other teams in the league like Boston and Golden State and I see they have three or four guys that they can kind of swing the ball around to and they can put it down and go get a bucket. And he was wondering, like, did I do that enough right, with right. Mikhail, with right. Cam? He brought up Landry Shamit. Right. So I think to your point about, you know, putting the ball more in D.A.'s hands. There's a lot of that that might be going around because I think Monty maybe realizes like we can't be so Booker and Chris Paul dependent in the playoffs because right, right. they're going to take that away. They're going to take away that pick and roll. We need guys that we're going to maybe we'll experiment a little bit more, put guys in different situations where they can handle it a little bit more. But but that trade deadline, I, I think, again, if Aiden, he can make himself more desirable mm-hmm. if he had. And then also on the flip side, you know, like if you have, say, Jay at that point and it's just not the vibe ain't right, mm-hmm. you can tell. Right. Because you, 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 know you know what the vibe was right felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, it was obvious. Like, these dudes get along so well. Yeah, they're holding each other accountable, but they're really vibing together. If you're not seeing sense in that, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, what is it? And if it happens to be Crowder or whatever, then maybe he's somebody you move. Yeah. At that point. 
And I think that's the concern for a lot of Suns fans. I mean, Libertarian Sasquatch in the chat said good vibes already, not all right. And it's been a top topic of conversation for Suns Twitter for over the last month. I think a lot of it stemmed from the DeAndre and Monty potential issues there, the Jay Crowder social media, like whatever. Do you get a sense or is that just all of us because there is no Suns basketball and we need something to scratch that itch reading into that? Or do you get a vibe that their vibes are off? But here's the deal. Like, like, like DeAndre and Monty, they haven't seen eye to eye a few times. Mm-hmm. I mean, even DeAndre said it, you know, like, right. hey, man, there's just, you know, there were certain points of the season where I, you know, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't getting along or, or we, or we had these conversations. He's, he's openly disgusted. Mm-hmm. The difference is we literally saw it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Like, like behind, I think probably in a practice or behind the scene, Omani always says, you know, I'm, I'm talking you up. Mm-hmm. But then how is the recipient receiving it? Right. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Like your, your, your task is, well, I want to get you here. And DeAndre might be like, Look, man, I'm the only one down here rebounding. I'm the only one out here right. blocking shots. And now you t- now you want me about something. Like, mm-hmm. like give me some help. You yeah. know, so I, I think that could have that plays a role in their dynamic. But Monty has been a supporter of him in terms of his son and and giving him advice and things of that nature. But he's still the coach, and Aiden's the player. And Aiden, you know, hey, look, he he he, he he is not necessarily the guy that's going to fall in line all the time. We we kind of got the sense it'd be that type of tightrope back. Like you remember, I think it was training camp last year, very near the start of the season, when he basically said, "I don't like you know my big man duties. Right. Like I don't like being a big man." Right. And you, I think a lot of people at the end of the season when that situation happened, a lot of people circled back to that. Mm-hmm. Why are we going to pay DA when he doesn't even want to play the position that we need him to play? Right. right. But it's it's also like, so how are you going to keep him satisfied, let him do more, but also continue to harness what he does best? Because he is an elite pick and roll rim running big man. Like he's really good at that. The whole sun system is kind of predicated on that. So it, the challenge is going to be on Monty to find a way to continue to help him raise his ceiling, let him do a little bit more of the things that he wants to do while also making sure that the Suns' top five offense continues to do what it does best. Doesn't all this just come down to, though, winning? Yeah. I mean, if you come out and and you're playing, performing well, he's got good numbers, like a lot of this noise fades away, fades into the background mm-hmm. at some point, right? I think it feels so loud because the last thing we remember on the court is a giant implosion. Losing uh, a game seven, losing in the fashion that you did, P- guys expressing frustration, and that's what everybody sat with. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they come out of the gates like they did last year, a lot of that does kind of, kind of devolve or kind of just dis- dissipate, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but at the same time, I, I keep hearing the whole game seven, but mm-hmm. I go back to the Pelican series. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shouldn't have gone six games. No, I get Devin's out. Mm-hmm. I get Devin's out. But that shouldn't have gone six games. But how much of that was the Pelicans played to an, a level that we hadn't seen them play rather than – I don't feel like that was a series where the Suns played down to competition. I felt like the Pelicans stepped up in a way we had yet to see them, played a very physical brand of basketball. I you know, like. I think it's a little of both there. 
Uh, well, good, good. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think so. I think Willie Green, his familiarity with guys' tendencies, with the system they run, with all of that, I think that definitely helped. I think the Pelicans did play a lot better than we were expecting, but I do think there was a sense that you know, outside of Chris Paul, those games that he closed right. really well, outside of Da kind of stepping up, there wasn't a lot of other guys that they were able to turn to. Like Mikael Bridges has that one had that one really great game, but outside of that, it was kind of DA and Chris Paul shouldering a heavy load and they didn't get help from guys that they would know. Like Jay Crowder shot horribly in that series. Um, he turned around against Dallas, but in that series, he was awful shooting wise. Um, and Mikael Bridges, you know, other than that one game and the defense that he had on CJ McCollum, it was kind of hit or miss for him too. So I I do think the Suns and this played into the Dallas series because campaign was so bad in that series because some of the bench guys just didn't perform. Monty was maybe not as willing to look elsewhere on his bench or try and find some other type of answer. Um, and that's why Chris Paul was still playing heavy minutes, even though he was not clearly himself. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we talk about internal growth. That's what we've heard. Mm-hmm. I, I, Monty has room to grow too. And, and no doubt. That. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, and, but again, it shouldn't take Chris Paul to have historic performance, right? <laughs> to close out a series. Fair. I'm sorry, it just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we literally were watching it and going, and it was like they needed that. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't give that, it's a game seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm getting at. Like I, you were seeing chinks then. Mm-hmm. Then you got two zero over Dallas, and instead of really, you know, doing this. And you let Dallas just get right back in the series, and then you blow them out by 30, and then you lose by almost the same amount in game six. Mm-hmm. I, I just – they had chances to get rid of them mm-hmm. and just didn't. And then – so I hear what you're saying. That some The fans might be thinking it's all based off of game seven, but I just – I didn't – think that they played consistently well in oh. the playoffs they, that's and that's a fair set I, I just agree. didn't think they did I agree with you it wasn't as if they were the same team that that ran rough shot over over the league in the regular season in those two playoff series but some mm. of that too was they kind of shut it down there at the end and I think they lost rhythm mm. in that too and a lot of the bench guys you know campaign in particular is a rhythm guy right mm-hmm. and he had absolutely none mm-hmm. when it came to the playoffs i think that hurt him as well but I, i'm not disagreeing i no, think no that no you no 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 that's why we were talking yeah and i, I do think <laughs> like like javel mcgee was bad throughout the playoffs they were just killing him and drop coverage like, i mean if you look at our chat you could literally go down the entire roster and point out mm-hmm. this person was terrible here this person didn't do this job <laughs> right. there this game was awful for that person. It was just an entire, like, what is happening right yeah, now right. kind of a situation, mm-hmm. especially when you go back a few weeks and you're like, we're on the top of the world, it mm-hmm. felt like as Suns fans. And then now it's like, how did we manage to topple down this entire hill in the span of what feels like two weeks? Like, what happened? Right, right. I was willing to give him more leeway in the Pelican series just because Devin missed, you know, three or four games. But you're right. Like, the warning signs were already there in that series. They did not look like the team that just stormed its way through the entire league all season long. Like, you know, we were in Miami, second night of a back-to-back, and Miami was the top team in the East at that time. And they destroyed They just steamrolled them. They destroyed them. them. It was Book's, I think it was Book's first game back after he missed some time. And I was just sitting there like, this team could very, if they play like this, they're going to win a title. 
And then the playoffs started and that team disappeared. And it was, I, I know Luca provided like the killing blow, but I really do think the Suns beat themselves in that series more than anything. And that's just a follow up, just you talking about Monty making adjustments. I don't think he made. Mm-hmm. He made one adjustment in Dallas because he started putting Biombo out there. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas said, okay, we're going to match that. Right. And they did. In game six, then it was like, what do you do now? Mm-hmm. You go back to JaVale. Do you stay? He stuck with Biombo. He stuck with Shamit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Shamit's not a point guard. So why you got him out there with Devin? Yeah, right. So I, I just, you know, now you want Devin. Now you want Devin to carry the load. It's, it's like game sevens to me, bench guys usually deliver. Mm-hmm. Like the clock, like if it's a closeout, those guys usually come through or the the non all star guys. And mm-hmm. it was that was Mikhail's opportunity, that was Cam Johnson's opportunity in game six and game seven, and neither one of them did what they needed to do to help the team to help the team advance. So mm-hmm. look, sixty four wins, you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team had a had a had a great season. And this team could I don't see a sixty win season this year. Right. But they should finish in the top four mm-hmm. in the West. And if they do, they're, they're in a good position to do what they need to do. I just, I wonder if we, a lot of people are pointing, oh, this is Utah. This team is Utah that we saw. No, Mitchell I, don't and Gobert. Think, I don't think so. But I, I look at this and I go, is this kind of one of those moments where we'll look back and a lot of these great teams that finally get over the hump have to take some lumps in the playoffs mm-hmm. before they get there. I mean, it doesn't usually just happen like it did for the Suns to just get to the finals after not being in the playoffs for decades. So I wonder if we look back at this at, at last season's playoff run and go, that was the moment they learned how to play playoff basketball because they took it in the chin. Uh, you know, they got punched in the mouth uh, in two different series, and maybe that teaches Cam and McHale what they need to do in the playoffs for young guys. All right. I could I, I could see that. I, I will still argue that I think this Mavs series was more instructive than the Bucks loss mm-hmm. because that as much as it sucked to get that far and come up short after a 2-0 lead, like they just got outperformed by a team that was incredible, like and an all time performance from Giannis. Like I think in this Mavs series, they had the 2-0 lead. They knew they were the better team, and they just completely had to learn a very hard lesson at that time. I think that is going to stick in their minds maybe even more than a finals loss because at the end of that finals loss, it sucked, but we were all kind of feeling good about like, wow, what an incredible run. Nobody expected this last year. All the pressure was on them. All the expectations were there and they came up short. I I do think that might stick in their brains a little bit more when we get to that point in the season next year. There was a little sliver of potentially good news in here as well (laughs) and that's that we might see a cam johnson extension here Mm -hmm. in the near future uh what was your kind of perception of the way that james jones talked about cam johnson he 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 raves about him Mm -hmm. i mean he thinks that cam johnson can be you know take a next step Mm -hmm. and cam has been taking steps particularly second and third year um i mean the knockdown shooter i thought the injury hurt him yeah, he just yeah. wasn't the same when he came back, mm-hmm. um, which was such a bummer because that game that he got injured in too was so fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Knicks game, and yeah, he was on a roll at that point in the he, season too. He kind of lost the aggressiveness after that after that injury. Mm-hmm. And he was, and that was, and in the game, where he fought through uh, the battle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the physical battle, because that's been his the, the knock of well. You know, it's hard to play you at a four because you don't rebound and you don't you're not a physical guy. Mm-hmm. And that was where, you know, 
Julius Randle tested his manhood and Cam Johnson said, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I would have liked to have seen him not take that physical, uh, you know, pounding, but right. I think it, it it's something that he's going to have to bear up to mm-hmm. if he's going to be the, if he's going to be that four man for them. Cause he, cause DeAndre, unless he's going to go out and get you 15, 16 rebounds, you need somebody else to help him out mm-hmm. and, I think if Cam was a better rebound, he'd be starting right now. Yeah, because that is one of the big areas where they drop off in terms of if they go from Cam or from Jay to Cam in that starting lineup. But he did, when we talked to him at his um, three-on-three tournament, he seemed excited about, you know, having this extended offseason to lift, to work on different things in his game. Because he said, I hear what everybody says. Like, (laughs) I I used to be a ball-dominant player, but, you know, you get to a certain point where they want you to be a shooter. Now he's. I think he's starting to tap into some of those old skills again. I'm curious to to see how, like everyone now, they want Mikael to be off the dribble more. They mm-hmm. want Cam Johnson to be off the dribble more. Obviously, Devin off the dribble. Chris is off the dribble. DeAndre. Okay, what kind of offense are we looking at? <laughs> is everybody going to be trying to get to the cup? Or is they, they going to still shoot some threes? Yeah, you know? they need to shoot more <laughs> threes. Like, you still got to spread it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can't just be everybody. Oh, now nah, I'm, I'm going to handle the ball. I get it in a certain situation. Shot mm-hmm. clock, quiet it down. Go get a go get a bucket. But I'm hearing a lot of <laughs> I got to dribble the ball, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, you still got to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, They've already been a team that doesn't shoot as many right. threes as the rest of the league. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, just saying. Yeah. No, that's a good point because, that, and that's something we've talked about on the show is like, how are they going to tweak the offense? Because they were one of the best mid-range teams in NBA yeah. history. They're so good from that area of the floor. They don't shoot at the rim enough. They don't get enough free throws, and they don't shoot enough threes. They were tenth in three point percentage, but twenty sixth in attempts. Like, how are they going to manufacture more threes? Because they have a good shooting team, right? We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> um, real quick, you guys got plans for this weekend? I got plans for you for oh, this weekend. How can I already think about this weekend? I just ended the last week. It's well, a Monday. Listen, I got Monday. you. Remember how we said that we were ready for week two yeah. of the sure. fall season? Yeah. Because mm. week one didn't really go the way we planned. I'm ready for mm. week one of the NBA, but well, fine. We can do week we go. two of NFL. Well, until that comes, okay. this is what we're going to do on our weekends. Sunday, the 18th, 1230, Cardinals watch party there at Four Peaks Brewery. Nice. Down in Tempe. We're going to be hanging out over there, enjoying some drink specials. Some really good food, Cardinals ticket giveaways, oh. and it's a 220-inch screen that we'll be watching this game on. So nice. this is your formal invite, everybody. Come on down, hang out with us at the Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe. You can sign up and check the link in our description for more information. Uh, just a reminder, though, to drink Four Peaks beer, you must be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly but the entire family can come hang out with us at the Four Peaks Brewery. Yeah, Lindsay, I actually have a tryout for cornerback, so I might not be able to make it. I may be in oh, the defensive dude. secondary <laughs> based off of the way they played I'm yesterday. really excited yeah. for you, Esco. <laughs> they tough. need something. This is going to be awesome. I don't know that it's me, but they need something. <laughs> in that also, a quick reminder. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting to the point where we're about to be in the thick of it come Cardinals sun seasons right now. Mm-hmm. We want you guys to be safe and healthy and a great way to do that. Our COVID-19 vaccines, they are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. All right, Dwayne, we kind of want to round out, give you an opportunity to talk about a few other things that you've covered over 
this offseason, one of which I think it just at the very least, it gave Suns fans a space, a safe space to vent. Yes. Right. Because you brought up all of the fouls and uh, it was from Bet Sports. They yeah. tallied up some of the figures and you said that they concluded that the Suns have committed more fouls over the last five seasons than any other team in the NBA. So at least we know we're not crazy anymore, right? <laughs> well, they, yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was wild. It could be both. <laughs> it could be both. It's probably both. It could be both. They, 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 they were, I did see a comment. It was interesting. Someone was like, how could the 19-win team commit that many fouls? I mean, it was like. That's how were, you become a 19-win team? That's what bad. I was saying. <laughs> they, they, that's why. Yep. Okay, 19-win teams commit that many fouls. Yep. Uh, but it did give, like, I, I agree with you. I, I, I didn't know what was going to come out of that. I just said, well, mm-hmm. this looks interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, nah, they, the fans were like, see, I told you. Uh, <laughs> the, the NBA's against us. Yep. Da, 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 da. It was wild. I love that every fan base says that though. Like, mm-hmm. but if at you least now every, we have proof. If you believed every <laughs> fan base, the league hates every team. Like, it's like the league wants nobody to win the title. But now we have the smoking gun, Espo. We have the receipts. <laughs> yeah, I did find wild. it interesting though because there have been multiple times when we've all been having discuss discussions after a game that we felt like was officiated poorly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the questions have been asked. Are we really like, do we really get the short end of the stick when it comes to officials in this league? Well, at least somebody went and pulled the numbers <laughs> and gave us something to at least look at. And it also sheds, sure, you could say the Suns are at the top of the list in certain areas, but it sheds some lights on other teams as well and maybe just creates a bigger picture of, of how teams are officiated. I, I do think... Part of it is exacerbated by the fact that this Suns team is good, A, and B doesn't get to the foul line right. much. So I think right. it makes it worse. Look, the discrepancy look a lot worse um, because the most reliable source of free throws for the Suns is a Chris Paul rip through at half yes. court. Like They don't have guys that get to the line very often. So I don't know. I, I feel like there is something to be said about as this team was coming up, especially the first year or so, they didn't get a lot of respect because a lot of these guys have been on a losing team for a long time, but I, I don't put much more stock in it than that. I don't think. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's much to it. I mean, yeah. uh, your point is, is exactly right. When you don't get many fouls and your opponent uh, draws to the fouls, line. Yeah, right. it, it just feels like it's unfair, but in reality it's more based on the style of play and the lack of, of getting to the rim and getting fouled that really creates that feeling. I don't think there's anybody out to get the Suns. I'd love I'd love to tell you that there's a whole conspiracy and that's why the Suns didn't win a title, but it just ain't the case. He's yeah. saying that, yo. I just want y'all to know this. He's saying that. You know, what makes it even worse too is that Devin and Chris de- debate every call non-call. Yes. yes. They literally like Devin gets the red face and mm-hmm. he's just like Yeah He gets heated. <laughs> you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And then but then you know what's interesting though, what I think is the funniest thing watching him play is when he's not debating the call. He mm-hmm. just looked at the ref like Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just blank face. You know? yep. Yep. <laughs> he's like, okay. Yeah. You're not gonna call that? All right. And then he or he smiles and he's running back. It's like yep. I I, I t- that's, that's hilarious to me, mm-hmm. seeing his reaction when he's not yelling, when he's mm-hmm. just either smiling or just staring at somebody. Because uh, Chris is going to, hey, look, you know, he's going to debate everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to play that 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 back and forth. But Devin, 
seems to have found this sort of way to deal with it mm-hmm. uh, because he does get knocked down from time to time when he does go to the basket. Mm-hmm. And um, But then there's stretches where he'll shoot a bunch of free throws. Mm-hmm. And there's stretches where he's saying after the game, I don't want to get in trouble. Bro. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, my favorite is when he had, does get mad. Like that time in Denver when he went right through like Nikola Jokic. Yeah, 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 one. We were yeah, like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now it's personal. Well, yeah, it's always was, personal. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate Devin's facial. Um, <laughs> just things like you can always kind of get an idea of what he what's going Where's on that? in his head. Yeah. That's, I feel like, as much of a – insulate that we get to his feelings that mm-hmm. all season like that's where we get it oh, yeah. in mid-game when you read his face because you're not going to get it in the press conference after the game very often oh, yeah. from him he's like pikachu when his cheeks start turning red you better yeah, watch he's red face <laughs> you better watch his red face oh come Sorry. on <laughs> Everybody so, knows Pokemon. I love, it, I love it. Rach in the chat says Espo being reasonable today. No tinfoil hat. Did OGs have the opposite effect today? <laughs> no, we just ran out. You know why? Because we put them all in a goodie bag because we're going to give away a whole bunch of them to one of you guys mm-hmm. as a lucky winner. That's right. We got free stuff for you in our flavoring life sweepstakes. One lucky winner will receive three, yes, three bags of OGs, including orange creamsicle and tropical flavors. An OG's hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. The ultimate hookup. And you can sign up for the sweepstakes at gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. If you don't want to wait till the end of the month to find out if you're a winner, you can also check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. We did have a handful of questions for you from the chat, so we'll wrap up with that one. The one came, I think it was from Sly, um, and Sly loves LaMelo Ball. He's been talking about him all all offseason, and he Mm. wants to know your thoughts. CP3, LaMelo Ball, I won't make you pick between the two, but just in general, your thoughts on LaMelo Ball. And maybe if at some point down the road he became a member of the Phoenix Suns, would you like that? Wow. Was that you in that picture? <laughs> no, no, that was no, Derek. That was, that, that's Derek, our D-backs guy. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, I I don't like, unbutton wow. the shirt okay. like that it's for like anybody. That? <laughs> I was like, Espo flexing like that? <laughs> no, okay. Nobody wants to see that. Okay, I, I, was just, I, I was just looking. I didn't know. <laughs> Glasses kind of threw me. Uh, no, who would I rather have? No, I won't make you answer unless you want to answer that. <laughs> but I won't make you answer that. Just you can just give us your thoughts on Lamella Ball if he were to join. Oh, if he was team. to join Phoenix, yeah, because I, I know I don't want to put you in a tough spot. Would that mean Chris is gone? Yeah, Chris is retired in this situation. Okay, we'll, Chris we'll retired. Chris retired. Lamella Ball. Wow, that would be cool to watch. I don't know how <laughs> it would be wild because Lamella takes some wild shots at mm-hmm. times. Uh, but he is a super, super talent. I, I love to watch him play. Um, that height combined with the handle, being able to create um, his three ball needs to get better. But I love his the way he approaches the game. He's fearless. Mm-hmm. I think he's fearless. And so I think that's a – and, of course, he was an all-star this year. I expect him to be an all-star next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, obviously, he has to take it to another level for Charlotte – because, I mean, Charlotte is still not a playoff team, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they what they did, they've done the play in the last two years. Oh, yeah. Both years. And they got and got washed, washed <laughs> both times. Yep. So it was like, clearly, as good as he is, he needs to do more. And then 
Charlotte's job, Jordan's job is surrounding with better players. Mm-hmm. But I, I love, I, I would, I, I find it interesting if, if he was here, how that would work with uh, down the stretch of games. Yeah. Uh, because he, he has an ability to get the shot off, but clearly he's not efficient as Chris. Right. It gives so, you both a lot to write about. I'll say that. Oh, man. <laughs> Definitely on, man. would. <laughs> a lot of highlight plays to look forward to with that. Yeah, a lot I, of post games. See, we, see, we haven't oh, seen yeah. the real LaMelo post game yet because mm-hmm. it's been at that podium. Right. When they open up that locker room <laughs> this year, it's different. now you're going to see something different. Yeah. That'll be an interesting yeah. <laughs> that, That'll be fun, though. I'm, I'm excited for that. Are you guys excited for the locker room to be oh, open no again doubt. this year? No mm-hmm. doubt. Is it yeah. finally going to open this year? Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be this year. Nice. Supposed to be this year. That's, yeah. that's where you get all the good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you wait out. You wait out, DeAndre. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you don't want to yep. come out and you just sit mm-hmm. there. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. Here. Absolutely. But lastly, on that free throw thing, DeAndre, how many free throws, free throws did he average in for his career? Two point. Yeah, it's Attempts, like yeah, 2.1, 2.5. Mm-hmm. That's got to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. The biggest guy on the court. Just saying. He needs to get there more. More. That would help this free throw <laughs> issue. Yes. Oh, it definitely would. Yes. BB wants to know your thoughts as far as um, the chances that we see a trade with Utah happening. I mean, what is Utah? What would the Suns want that Utah has now? There, there were those reports about Bojan Bogdanovic um, and right. then Jordan Clarkson is a guy a lot of Suns fans keep naming as far as having another a campaign alternative if he kind of disappears again. I'm not as high on Jordan Clarkson. Bojan would be interesting if you need to trade Jay, but I don't some, know. Some people think Mike Conley, so you have combined mm. one guy that could play 82 games. You know, <laughs> Between so. him and Chris Paul. I mean, those are options, but I, I just think that you, you helping Danny Ainge if you keep. I mean, everybody's helping Danny Ainge. Mm. I mean, come on, like, <laughs> Danny don't need help. Right? Stop giving him picks. This guy knows. <laughs> this guy doesn't need help, and you giving him help. You're gonna. Be, you might be regretting it in two years. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it Bobby Marks who put out an article a while back that said like there's a handful of teams that own majority of the picks over the next five years? Yeah. yeah. What is it? It's, Did you uh, see that? It's OKC, Sam, OKC and uh, what's the other one? That's is Houston. The other one in there. Was... Houston's probably up there. Oh, it, it says as a result, eight teams control 85 first round picks in the next seven years. Yeah. I'm just reading the headline. That's I didn't nuts. click into the article. That's insane. <laughs> right. So, somehow right, we got to stop giving yeah, these people yeah, picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah, you got to slow down. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> I have more faith in Ainge than Presti to pull it off, though, because we've seen Ainge. Yeah. I, Put together some contending teams there. I mean, I ain't Look, got Jason Tatum in a. Come on, man. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to happen. No, no. <laughs> Phoenix helped that. So. Yeah, there we go. And then our last one that I want to touch on comes from Charles. Charles wants the tea on Gerald Dwayne. On Charles me? wants to know what's the hottest take or question Gerald has asked during Ooh. a press air. Oh. Oh, I feel like wow. Derby's pretty reserved, so I don't know that there is an actual answer to this one. Somebody uh, else wanted to make sure you know his nickname's Girth, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that. I, I didn't realize that. No. He's in far better shape than all of us. <laughs> that came from Amani postgame quote, too. Yeah, yeah. And the chat just, huh, and they just were like, that's it. That's your name, Gerald. There was no yeah, stopping it at that he's, point. He's in, far, he's in far better shape than all of us. Uh, no, I, no I, you know, I think, I think when, you know, Gerald gets at some issues that we don't, um, or at least that I don't. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, man, what, why the hell is this happening? Gerald is more trying to figure out that, but in a way of, okay, this is what you said, 
This is what you said. Now, then, or is this going to happen? <laughs> right. To me, those are cocktails because you're putting somebody, you're putting the coach on the spot by using his own words. I appreciate you said that. you were going to do this, and then we haven't seen it, or is it something that we're going to see later? And then, and then Monty's looking like, yeah, <laughs> okay. How are you going to use that? It's funny because Monty will look at me like, okay, you're going there. You're going to quote me on that. Yeah, you're going to quote. You're going to quote. He he does that probably far more than far more than anybody else. But Gerald's got that memory though that I feel like, like. And I don't know if it's just the way that you take notes that are so meticulous or if it's genuinely just the way that your brain works. If Monty said something two months ago, I don't remember that <laughs> by at least a month and a half ago. Like, it, right. it's out. Yeah. Unless it was something that was so substantial that we talked a whole lot about it, like, right. in one ear, out the other after, like, three weeks. You got three weeks for it bouncing around. Gerald, you just well, need to remind him, well done's better than well said. Hey, If I quote a Montyism at Monty, you'd give me a look. Yeah. Like, get out of the circle. He's going to give us a look anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it, to be fair, though... I have the easier job because Dwayne is the one that asks a lot of the hard or the most pertinent questions right off the top. And sometimes, depending on what's going on with the beat, that can be the hardest thing to do. So he makes my job easier, honestly. <laughs> about all that, but, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, you, at a certain point, you're like, okay, what is this? Right. Why is this? Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I'd rather go that route. Yeah. I don't mind taking, I don't mind taking shots. Mm -hmm. Plus, Monty tends to like the fact that they call me out. Of, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not calling you out. He's calling he's you out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm fine with it, though. I've been called out by Nick Saban. I've been called out by plenty of other coaches. I'm just adding you to the list, Coach Williams. So, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Listen. You ever get popovich yeah, he got me yeah. real quick. Yeah. I didn't even get the question out. Oh, I was man. like, hey, coach, you was like, oh, what are we about to get from you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. It's been a few years ago. <laughs> We're actually cool now. But back when I first was, I covered an NBA game in Memphis. Memphis was playing San Antonio in the playoffs. And I was doing a story on the Montgomery kid, Jermichael mm. uh, 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 Green. Mm who was from Montgomery, he was playing for Memphis, but he was with San Antonio. So I went to the game to do a story on Jermichael. And of course, my, of course, Pop knew Jermichael because he played for him. And so that's what I was going to ask, what I was asking him. But he didn't even <laughs> let me get it out at first. Then I asked him the question. He gave me a really good answer. So I said, okay. Mm -hmm. and that's why I said, I mean, what's weird about that game was that I actually interviewed Udoka back then. Okay. I didn't, but I didn't know at that time he was about to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was just a. He was just. He was. A, he was another assistant. Yeah. That now has become another disciple. Yeah. Powerhouse. How the yeah. hell does he do that? <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's amazing it's what Pop does to get to get guys and have them in that position. I mean, if you just go down the list mm -hmm. of the guys that have now succeeded, that's played, that coached on him, it's amazing. I mm -hmm. feel like it's got to be like he literally gatekeeps nothing. Mm -hmm. Like a complete open book, right? Every single tool that I have been able to gather throughout my time, you have all of it. Access right. to every single piece of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's got to be something like that, right? I'll just say, you guys don't have to comment on this, but it feels like Earl Watson was the only one in gatekeeped. Because... Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that was the part of the, the coaching tree that did not Lindsay's, work out. Lindsay's mad now. You made Lindsay <laughs> mad. Just, Listen, we're going to move right on along. All I know is that I'm super happy that the Suns are winning because I know... 
we were all there during the dark days. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that the two of you get to be in a locker room press conference space that is much more enjoyable and happy. For now, let's hope it continues. <laughs> and fingers crossed, knock on wood, touch yeah. metal, whatever your thing is, it continues and we have a really great season. Um, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the no show. Problem, we appreciate no, you. Everyone no watching and listening, if you have not read Dwayne's articles that we talked about and even more from this offseason, make sure you go do that over at azcentral.com. And also, if you are not following Dwayne on Twitter already, you should be doing that as well. He's at Dwayne Rankin, so make sure you go give some flowers and support Dwayne this upcoming season as well. Thank Any you. final thoughts, you guys? No, I don't I, think so. I thought I was dressing up on the show, having a collar <laughs> on a polo, and Dwayne came in in, in the full suit. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I low-key, though, I was about to wear – guys, I bought this shirt the other day, and mm -hmm. it came last week. It's literally a zombie dinosaur oh, being ridden by a skeleton <laughs> trick-or-treating with a pumpkin basket. I almost wore it today, and I was like, maybe I'll look a little nice. And I really <laughs> decided you, to look a little made, nice. You made the right call. Made the I'm right probably going to wear it tomorrow, so you tune in if you want to see that shirt. You knew it's Dwayne awesome. was going to bring his A-game. You prepared accordingly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the show's unique. We missed that's out on that one. Yep, yep. We missed out on that one. It's such a good shirt. Oh, uh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. We should say goodbye. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. We will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Same place, same time on our YouTube page. But if you can't join us live, make sure you catch us on your favorite podcast platform. And make sure that you rate, review, subscribe because it helps us out a whole bunch. Make sure you hit that like button on your way out. And until we see you next time, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Dwayne one more time at Dwayne Rankin. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. You want a tinfoil hat theory? Katie was just screwing with the sons to get back at Charles Barkley. Ahoy hoy! Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. BHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like this.